Um, when he answered the phone call, he had a big smile on his face. He kind of already knew what time it was, kind of. And so uh, I just let him know. I was like, hey, uh, I don't want to waste any of your time, you know. just want to go ahead and just let you know that uh, I'm ready to be a Seminole. And uh, he was ecstatic, man. It was a great moment. Um, he just let me know, you know, he was proud of me. You know, everything that was coming my way, you know, I was deserving of. And uh, everybody meant a lot, you know, coming from Coach Norville. You know, that's somebody that, you know, I admire, you know, that played a big role in, you know, the reason why I wanted to come play for Florida State. And so, uh, yeah, Coach Norville, he's a great guy, man. So, Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. Hey, dog, in the house. You know, we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by Noel Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Fleckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by Noel Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. This time, it's not going to be a regular introduction. This time, we're going to have a very big-time special guest with us this evening. Man, I'm, I'm excited about this. You know, Dustin's been able to interview him a few times, and, you know, he said it's we should, we should have something fun to look forward to this evening, and I'm, I'm excited. So we got four-star quarterback commit Chris Parson out of the 2023 class. Chris? Happy to have you. What's going on, man? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, not much, man. Just you know, soaking everything in. You know, it's been a it's been a great few couple of days. You know, after the commitment and things like that. So, uh, you know, I'm just a blessed individual, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just been great, man. I've just been you know just embracing it all. You know, just getting ready for the season. So, yeah. We were talking about it earlier, but I really feel bad uh, for your phone, Chris. The last couple of weeks, I'm sure yeah. it's been just blowing up, mainly 90% from Dustin Lewis up here. So, <laughs> you know, we, we feel the same pain. It happens to us, too, quite a bit. But how has that whole kind of feeling been? We'll kind of jump into it. But, you know, how has your summer been? How You know, the coaches also after you from other colleges. How has that that whole experience before you committed? How, is that, how was that whole experience for someone that might not know that kind of realm of how that goes? Yeah, so um, it was it was a lot, you know. Um, it was a lot, especially in the month of June. But uh, I was talking to a few people, and then I, I was just letting them know, like, I guess this is like a good problem to have, you know, for somebody in my position. So, um, like I said, I'm just a blessed individual, man. You know, June was a really big month for me, um, especially, you know, being able to get back on campuses and get to throw in front of some of these schools and then also, you know, get to visit these schools and get a feel for them and things like that. So, um, June was pretty big for me. And, uh, you know, once June ended, you know, I kind of, you know, I already knew where I wanted to go. I already knew the, the place I had in mind, which was, of course, um, FSU. And, uh, you know, I decided to commit on my birthday. And uh, now, you know, now that I got that out the way and I'm locked in all on the Seminoles, you know, now it's just time, you know, get ready for this season. Um, first game was on August 20th. And, uh, you know, my guys, my teammates, and I, we're facing that ring. We're going for 15 and this year. So, yeah. That's and yeah, going to the day of your commitment, I remember you told me uh, you got a chance to 
let Coach Norvell and Coach Dillingham uh, know about your decision before you announced it publicly. Mm-hmm. So just what was their reaction and how did those conversations go? Yeah, so uh, that morning on the 22nd, I had uh, I called Coach Norvell on my way to practice. And uh, he had a little time in between uh, his interviews at ACC Media Day. So uh, I had called him. He answered. And uh, I had told him a few days before I was like, whatever school I'm going to, um, I'm going to call him that morning and let him know, you know before I post anything. So um, when he answered the phone call, he had a big smile on his face. He kind of already knew what time it was, kind of. And so uh, I just let him know. I was like, hey, uh, I don't want to waste any of your time. You know, I just want to go ahead and just let you know that uh, I'm ready to be a Seminole. And, uh, he was ecstatic, man. It was a great moment. Um, he just let me know, you know, he was proud of me, you know, everything that was coming my way, you know, I was deserving of, and I really meant a lot, you know, coming from Coach Norville, you know, that's somebody that, you know, I admire, you know, that played a big role in, you know, the reason why I wanted to come play for Florida State. And so, uh, yeah, Coach Norville, he's a great guy, man. So um, it was just a great day and all, you know, especially, you know, letting him know beforehand and then getting to talk to Coach Dillingham as well. So, um, yeah, that was, that, no, that was just a great moment. That was something I'll never forget, you know. So, yeah. Um, can you walk us through kind of how the recruitment kind of started? Because it it picked up steam real quick, really, really quick. We talked about on our last podcast about how, like, you popped up on the radar and it became pretty clear you were the number one target for your class really quick. Can you just walk us through how, you know, with Florida State that, you know, you kind of knew you were their, their guy? Uh, yes, sir. So, um you know, as far as Florida State, uh, Coach Dillingham, Coach Norvell, we had a uh, I had started building a relationship with them um, back when I transferred to Ravenwood in uh, January. Um, Coach Dillingham actually told me, you know, first time we hopped on the phone, he was like, uh, he had saw you know some film of me back, you know, when I was in Texas before I moved, and he was like, there's no way uh, we'll be able to get a guy like him, you know, to come to Florida State and things like that. He figured I'd be like a Texas home guy, and. Uh, I, I was, I was, you know, I was quick to let him know that, you know, Florida State was my dream school growing up. Um, I've always been an FSU fan, and uh, you know, he was surprised, you know, because he thought I was a Texas guy. But you know, in all honesty, you know, I grew up watching Florida State football. That's, you know, that's how I was brought up. So um, after that, we just kept building a relationship. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I remember it. Tuesdays, seven o'clock. Thursdays, seven o'clock. We'll Facetime, hop on the phone. I talked to Coach Norvell. And uh, we just kept building this relationship. And then, uh, you know, June started to heat up for me as far as camps and things like that. I got to, you know, throw for a couple of schools. Mm-hmm. And I just started to shoot shoot through the roof for me. Um, I, was, I was getting offers like – I was getting like three offers in like a four-day span. Mm-hmm. And so uh, FSU ended up offering me on the 10th. And uh, that, was, that was a pretty big day for me. And so uh, – because that day, actually, I was at Auburn. I had went to the Auburn camp that day. And uh, I had a pretty solid day, in my opinion, and they still didn't offer me. So I was kind of, like, ticked <laughs> off about that. And so uh, yeah, I'm in the car. I'm in a bad mood. I'm all, I'm all, like, frustrated. I'm in the car, and I'm like, man, I just went out there, and I killed them. They still didn't offer me. So I was, like, confused. So um, one of my coaches from Red Oak back in Texas, he has a pretty good relationship with Coach Thompson, tight ends coach. So uh, mm-hmm. he had called my dad. He was like, uh, tell CP to call Coach Dillingham. So we called Coach Dillingham. We hopped on the phone. And uh, they had extended, they had uh, extended the offer, so um, that was big for my family. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. especially you know, with you know Buck, you know, our whole family was FSU fans growing up. And you know, to see this coming full circle now, it's just, it's just great. You know, it just feels kind of surreal. You know, so yeah. So, so I, I gotta follow that up. 
know you mentioned it. So what does FSU got to do to get him over into Tallahassee to be that DB coach or, or be part of that that staff? Man, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. You might have to take that over with Coach Norville. Yeah. You know, uh, I know the DB coach there now, Coach Woodson. He's uh, Woodson's a, great. You know, Yeah, he's great. I, I, I'd uh, love to see T-Buck back in Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coach Woodson, him and my dad, they actually go back as well. They grew up together. Yeah as well in nice. mississippi so it's kind of like a big old family tree kind of mm-hmm. i guess you could say so uh but yeah you know buck man that, that's my guy you know he showed me a lot of love you know way before i even had an fsu offer he always stayed in touch with my dad you know through mm-hmm. facebook and things like that and uh i actually got to talk to him a little bit uh in june whenever i was at the uh, tennessee state university camp uh old miss they they were one of the schools that they came down to watch me throw as well and uh, mm-hmm. i got to spend time with him and just chill with him and so uh, it was just great. You know, that that's family. So right. um, I was great talking to him, you know, getting words of advice from him, especially, you know, with him being an FSU legend and also playing in the league when winning the Super Bowl and things like that. So, um, yeah. He's a legend, man. No doubt. No yeah, we've had, we've had, we've had yeah. uh, Buckley on here. We've had Buckley on here. Then we talked <laughs> a little bit. We actually, we, we, we dove right into it and talked about, you know, you, you've been visiting for, uh, Florida State a little bit. You're here, you know, scouting some kids in the area. And we've, you know, we've talked a little bit about it. And, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd love to see Buckley here in Tallahassee. And it's funny you were mentioning that you've been an FSU fan because I went back, I was able to do my own confirmation on it, but <laughs> went down in 2016, one of your first posts or one that's either your, your, yeah. Yeah. Oldest one is you, I believe, at the Michigan uh, game at the Orange Bowl against, yep. which was a fun uh, one to be at. Uh huh. Yeah, that was uh, I was in sixth grade, and uh, that was wow. back when DeAndre Francois. That was back when he was starting to QB. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. DeAndre, mm-hmm. and I, we actually are really, really close. Like that's like a big mm-hmm. brother to me. You know, um, yeah. I met him when I went to the camp the year before, and uh, you know, I was just like, I was a fan at the time. You know, just oh, DeAndre, can I get a picture? Things like that, and. Wherever mm-hmm. he went, I went, and then, uh, you know, throughout the year, I just, you know, I'd be on Instagram. I'd shoot him, shoot him a DM just hoping he would answer. And luckily, like, one weekend after a game, he did answer. And so um, I tried not to bother him too much, but after a while, you know, him and I just kept building a relationship and things like that. I'll send him some highlights of mine, and uh, he'll give me some feedback. And so him and I, we've been in touch, you know, constantly ever since, like, my eighth grade year. And so uh, I had actually let him know. Like two days before I committed, like on the twentieth, that I was coming to FSU, and he was, he was happy about that. So yeah, man, uh, I remember, I remember that game like it was yesterday, um, in Miami, whole family there, and uh, I remember sitting next to some Michigan fans, and mm. I remember like in the first half, um, DeAndre Francois he threw a bomb to Nyquan, uh Murray Nooney, and uh, I remember Nooney switching fields. And running like mm-hmm. straight towards my brother and not in the end zone, dropping the ball, putting his hands in the air. Man, I remember all that, man. I remember Dallas <laughs> going off that game. And uh yeah. that, that was a nail biter, man. That was that was a classic yeah. right there in itself. And uh I remember it like it was yesterday, man. I was so happy FSU got that win, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that orange bowl and then winning in Miami. So that was pretty cool as well. So absolutely yeah, yeah. Dalvin Dalvin Cook's a different animal. We have a thing on here later on the docket. Uh, and later in the episode, talking about how Madden has put that put him at the number four quarterback, uh, out of the, yeah, running back, I should say, running back oh, on yeah. the Madden list, absolutely atrocious in my yeah. opinion. Nick Chubb above him. Nick Chubb, what what are we what are we nah, doing? No, 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 no way. What are we doing? What are Nick we doing? Chubb, nah, no way. Not above <laughs> Dalvin. 
No yeah, way. McCaffrey plays a few games a season, has some highlights there, but Dalvin <laughs> has a great season last year, and somehow McCaffrey's number one. Yeah, that's a whole oh, man, other discussion. But going, going back to you, though, Chris, how, I want to talk about your family and how excited they were. Tell them, you know, tell us about that whole process that was with them. You know, they were able to go visit a few times with other schools too. And, you know, how happy were they on that day for you? Man, it was, it it was, it was a, like I said, it was a great day for my family. And I, you know, even back when I was a kid, when I was a kid coming to the Florida state football camp, you know, I remember my dad would post videos of me at the camp on Facebook and my whole family would be commenting under. Hopefully, he could be in the FSU uniform one day and things like that. So, um, it's kind of crazy how it all came in a full circle. And uh, you know, I just you know, whenever I think about family and things like that, especially with FSU, I just think about my visit. You know, arriving there, I remember it was like a rainy day, and uh, we pulled up, and then we saw the whole entire coaching staff just waiting on me out there. I was just, I was blown away. Like I couldn't believe it. It was just so awesome to me. And uh, I remember mm-hmm. Coach Norville coming up to the car. And I introduced himself to the family, and then we ended up driving back around. They had sent somebody to come get us on the golf cart so we can get a good parking spot so we wouldn't get towed. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I came back around, man. They all just embraced me, man. And uh, I, I knew then I was like, man, this is a different type of place. And uh, it was just a special moment. You know, I was glad somebody got it on video because uh, that's something I'll never forget, man. So, yeah, that was just an awesome moment right there, you know. And then the whole entire day just being around the guys, you know, talking to Jordan Travis. Um, he's a cool guy. Him and I, we've still been in touch. He, we, him and I, we were texting back and forth, even after the visit and things like that. And he showed a lot of love, you know, the day I committed, commented on a few posts and things like that. So, um, yeah, that that was also a really big thing that played a part in me committing to FSU. It's just the family atmosphere. Um, like I said before, mm-hmm. FSU, you know, me being down there, I could already tell that that was a home away from home for me. And uh, I have family in Mississippi. I have family in Florida. I have an auntie who lives in Thomasville. So that's, you know, that's right there where Charlie Ward was growing up. And so that's nothing, you know, as far as the distance, you know, to Tallahassee. So um, it just felt like family, man. And I knew I was going to be somewhere where, you know, I was going to be able to thrive. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, you know, continuing to talk about that visit you took to Florida State in June. Mm-hmm. What, were, what were some of the highlights of getting to sit down with Coach Norvell and Coach Dillingham and getting to talk about your fit in the offense and just how much of a priority you were for – them in that tribe 23 class yeah so um you know speaking on the priority you know coach Norville, he let me know you know they even let me know even before i visited you know that that i was their number one guy and uh you know i could i could i could i could tell you know him and i talking on the phone twice a week um they were the only school that did that you know all the other schools we'll talk once a week once every two weeks things like that but uh with coach dillingham and coach Norville, it was always consistent we had a specific time I set my alarm for like 6.58, so <laughs> it's 7 o'clock, I'm calling. You know, we hop on the phone, we'll chop it up. Even if it's just a five-minute conversation, you know, just us just talking and just staying consistent. I can tell you, you know, it was, it was, this, was a, this was a really important relationship to them, just as it was to me. And, uh, you know, one of the highlights whenever I was down there on the visit was, you know, watching film with Coach Dillingham, um, seeing their offense, seeing what Coach Norvell ran back at Memphis and uh, – you know, it's, it's, it's an offense that fits me. Um, you know, most of the things that they run at Florida State, I've ran throughout my high school career, you know, even being back at Texas and now here at Ravenwood. So, you know, it fits me perfectly, you know. Um, it's an offense that, you know, if I could, you know, draw offense up for myself, this is the type of offense that it would be. So it was just a perfect match. Um, 
Coach Dillingham, you know, he just he just he let me know. He was like, I'm I'm their number one guy. They're my dream school. So it was it was just a perfect match and all, man. And, you know, just being down there with Coach Norville and him talking to my family, being in his office, you know. It was it was just a different type of vibe, man. And I, I knew this was it. I knew this was home. So yeah. yeah. There was a lot of people and a lot of the recruits that we've talked to have told us that there's just a different kind of energy that this staff brings in other schools. And is that right? Is that what you kind of felt too, Chris? Yeah, no doubt. I can I can co-sign on that for sure. Um, yeah. You know. What what kind of what does that energy mean to like what is it just them being with you nonstop from what Nate has heard and Dustin heard you know they're with you nonstop always there's someone with you and it's just continuous it's I mean it's not just like ah uh, there's a few times where you're just kind of chilling which I'm sure maybe but it just seems like they're on you nonstop yeah it's like it's, it's genuine that's what that's mm. what sets it apart like yeah they're like recruiting but at the same time it's genuine. And it's real love, you know. I can I can name a few places. I'm not gonna say any names, but like it's some schools mm-hmm. I went to, it just didn't feel genuine. It felt like, oh, FSU did this. Well, let's let's try to do this. Like mm-hmm. it just didn't feel the same, you know. And you know, being at FSU, I can just think back, you know, whenever I was having a little photo shoot, the whole staff was in there for my photo shoot. They had the music playing. They uh they were playing crisscross like the 90s, warming up Chris. And you know, I I can just remember all that, you know, my family, the smile they had on their faces. And uh so yeah, it's 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 just genuine, man. Like I it's like like I said, it's real family. Like I remember a time I was on a golf cart with Coach uh Dillingham. We were touring the campus and uh Jordan Travis had called him and he was like, uh, I know we're on this visit right now, but I gotta answer this, you know. He was mm-hmm. like, There's Trump over recruits. And so mm-hmm. when I thought about that, I was like, man, that's big because, you know, if I was Jordan in that situation and I'm calling coach, you know, I, I want him to answer that phone, you know. So that just shows mm-hmm. how important family is, you know, recruits, you know, they there's no guarantee that they're going to come to their school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There was no guarantee mm-hmm. at the time that I was going to go to FSU, but it's a guarantee that, you know, some the school is going to have to depend on Jordan next year to make some plays and help win some games. So mm-hmm. I feel like that was really important. Um and it was just little things like that throughout the visit that I noticed over time. And I was like, yeah, this this is a different type of spot, man. This is somewhere I want to be. So, yeah. So what kind of quarterback are you? By that, I mean, you know, your highlights are, you know, show a lot of athleticism. You know, you got you know, a lot of arm talent for being a kid that's still, you know, maturing on the mm-hmm. high school level. But, you know, how would you describe your game? Uh, I would describe myself as um, a very intelligent quarterback. Um, I, I, I'm a student of the game. Um, I love watching film. I love, you know, getting a feel for defenses, you know, just preparing for them throughout the week. Um, I'm always learning, trying to learn, just picking people's brains, you know, offensive minds and things like that. Um, as far as on the field, you know, I, I have great arm talent. I feel like I can make all the throws. And uh, I love getting the ball in my receivers' hands. And, you know, that's something that's really big when it comes to Florida State. You know, they're, they're known for having great receivers um, throughout the years. And, uh, you know, I can also, you know, I can improvise and use my legs when needed. And so, uh, you know, like I saw somebody in the chat put Deshaun Watson, you know, it's something very similar. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Deshaun Watson, he's actually, you know, that's my favorite quarterback, you know. So uh, I study his game a lot. Aaron Rodgers as well and Russell Wilson. So, uh yeah, you some know. good quarterbacks, I think. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you no, know, just like those guys, you know, I can use my legs when needed. But you know, I love yeah. delivering the ball. 
you know, a lot of people throughout the years, you know, they they question my arm, my arm talent. But I, I was I was actually glad, you know, everything opened back up in June so I could go show these folks. And so mm -hmm. uh, I turned most of them into believers, and you know, yeah. they tried their best. You never recruit me later on because you know once they found out. But uh, it was kind of too late, man. I was locked in on the Seminoles. So, so what's your what's your current height? Because you know we talked a little bit about that too. Is like there's some debate on, on how tall you are. Yeah, some yeah. Some services have you just a six feet. You know, you know, can yeah, you address yeah, yeah. that? Yeah, most most people, you know, when they when they say their height, they'll give like a generic six foot answer. But I'm I'm actually six foot and a half, and mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, I'm six foot and a half right now. I'm weighing around one ninety three. 192 last year my playing weight was 190 mm -hmm. so uh i'm looking to shed you know these last two pounds maybe even five before uh, august 20th so mm -hmm. uh but yeah as far as height i'm i'm six foot and a half no shoes on i put right. my air maxes on i'm probably like six one so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah look at look at back at this throw i mean how did it feel after this, just from your perspective of getting this one and seeing the ref put up both his arms for a touchdown? I mean, yeah. So um, it's a crazy story behind this play. So um, as I'm getting the call and I'm telling the old line of protection, I like I look down at my hands and I'm like, my hands are super sweaty. So uh -oh. um, I'm looking for my towel and actually you can't see it. But back when we were starting to drive off, like on the other 25, my towel was down there. So I can't go down there to go get my towel. <laughs> I'm looking at my team. I'm looking at the lineman trying to see if any of them have a towel. And uh, no one has a towel. So I'm like, man, I'm just going to have to just, you know, thug this one out. So yeah, um, I'm just trying to like not think of I'm looking at the coverage pre-snap. And uh, we had ran this concept a few times throughout the game. And uh, you see this delayed, uh, like delayed bang big type that was coming open most of the time but uh you know i caught the safety slipping i just moved mm -hmm. around in the pocket i felt some pressure i just wanted mm -hmm. to make sure i had a clear shot and uh i knew i just had to throw it to a spot you know raymond gay he's actually at oklahoma state now he's a talented receiver he's actually playing db now but uh yeah he's a freak athlete man so i knew if i just gave him a chance to just put the ball in the right spot he was gonna make a play and uh, he made a great catch you know he actually got both feet in falling out of bounds so uh mm -hmm. Yeah, that was one of my, my my best throws from last year. I'm looking forward to making more like that this year. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that stands out to me. You know, uh, you know, I've been doing this for a while. You know, I'm a little bit older than the other guys on this podcast, but you know, one, one thing that really is for for sure that pops out is, is your ability to throw the ball. Yes, sir. Like you make some really damn good throws. Yes, sir. Thank um, you. Uh, so, is that is that being coached up? You know. How you get there? Because I, um, I, I I see you like to throw a little bit of weight around too, right? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. Weight room a little bit. Yeah. So uh, yeah. You know, my freshman year, I was really big on lifting, but now you know, mm -hmm. in my school in Raywood, they kind of have like a weight plan for me. So now I'm doing more um, explosion type, not like bodybuilding, you know, sumo wrestler type. Mm -hmm. So um, I can definitely feel a change in my body. I feel more explosive now, and so uh, but yeah, but as far as as far as throwing. Um, I've always had like a really strong arm, like even the little league, like I was, I was throwing the ball like 40, 45 yards whenever I was in like second mm -hmm. grade. And so people always thought that was like, man, he just has a big arm. But, um, mm -hmm. over time, you know, I, I worked with, you know, my dad and I we used to fly out to San Diego. I used to get working with George Whitfield. Um, yeah. So I, I was working with George in like seventh grade, him and I, we got a really good relationship. You know, I've been working with him ever since. You know, I didn't get a chance to work with him last off season due to COVID. So uh, I actually put some work in back in Dallas. You know, I have a mechanics coach in uh, Trenton Kirkland. 
He's uh, he's one of Tom House's guys. He learned from under Tom House, you know, who trains uh, Brady and uh, Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of things, you know, that I work on, you know. And uh, recently, since I've been in Nashville, um, every now and then, a couple weekends throughout the year, um, I head down to Atlanta and work with Ron Ville. He, uh, he trained uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields whenever they were in high school in Georgia mm-hmm. in the Atlanta area. So, uh, yep. I've been blessed to be around some great guys, you know, who, you know, who can teach quarterbacking, and you know, uh, it's just constant work, man. Um, I, I, I haven't always been the, you know, the the the, the, the precise passer, you know. So, um, I've, uh, I've I've just been working. That's that's pretty mm-hmm. much. I've just been putting in work. Um, I've always had a strong arm, but you know, bringing it all, yep. you know, just making all schedule throws. That's something that I work on a lot. Off platform throws, you know. A lot of people look at Pat Mahomes, you know, which you got guys like yep. Tony Romo who did similar <laughs> things. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he's really good at that as well. As well, um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Deshaun Watson, yeah. you know, there's so many guys. You know, I look at you know study, you know, who can you know make I mean, there, throws. There's yeah. an art to being able to place it while you know having the strength to get it there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. A lot yeah. of people, I don't think a lot of people really understand, you know, how difficult it can be sometimes, you know. Having mm-hmm. to deliver a ball while you, you know getting pounded, and then also having like a, a hand in your face or somebody touching your shoulder and things like that. So, um, you know, one of the main things you know I, I had to you know get used to was being comfortable, being uncomfortable, and uh, that was something that I was taught a lot, you know, growing up and things like that. So that that's helped me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Very rarely will you ever get a play that's just like picture perfect. Whenever you're mm-hmm. on the field, something's always going to be off, whether it's on protection, <laughs> the guy getting through, somebody's time is messed up on a route because they got bumped by a backer or something like that. So um, it's never really going to be a perfect play. You know, you might get one like maybe like three times out of a whole entire game. And so, uh, you know, it's just all about improvising and not mm-hmm. making a bad play worse and, you know, just, you know, making the most of every situation, you know, getting your team out of jams and making things happen. I was going to ask you, Chris, what would really – sold you i mean we know the staff they did a great job but what is your thoughts about tallahassee as a whole i don't i'm unsure if you know the staff took you around a little bit to see tallahassee but you know tell us a little bit about your thoughts about eventually you'll be living here for uh, you know depends on the amount of years but mm-hmm. you know you're going to be around mm-hmm. tallahassee and it's a, definitely a football school i've lived yeah. here my uh my entire life it's definitely football crazy you know it's oh, yeah. starting to warm up now you know dustin knows the same thing and you mm-hmm. know austin was here for school but it is this this town is all about 100 percent football and now it's turned a little bit to basketball austin mm-hmm. I, i'll give you that you know basketball has <laughs> been doing good but football is what really gets this town going but tell us a little bit about tallahassee yeah no doubt so uh you know it was a lot you know that went into you know the recruiting process you know just thinking about where i wanted to be as far as home and uh, one, I wanted to play, you know, at a, at a college that was like a college town. And so when you think of Tallahassee, Tallahassee definitely has that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, also thinking about, you know, the weather. It's great mm-hmm. weather in Florida. You know, some guys, you know, they might live like me being in Texas. They might go somewhere, you know, up north in the Big Ten, and, you know, freeze their balls off. So I knew Tallahassee was going to have good weather, um, you know, so. It was a lot to play the fact that, you know, also like the family and things like that, you know, and also as far as like education, um, I want to be a broadcast journalist. I want to be a guy like kind of like Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. Smith, mm-hmm. 
ESPN or something like that uh, when my football career is over with. And, you know, uh, FSU has a great journalism school. So uh, that was right up my alley. I've also had thoughts, you know, of, you know, stepping outside the box and maybe, you know, directing some films and things like that because I like watching movies. And I'm always coming up with scenarios in my head. I guess it's kind of, you know, helped me a little bit in football whenever it comes to, you know, drawing up plays and things like that, you know, especially, you know, looking at defenses. So um, it all just came together, man. You know, that was just the fit right there. So I like the town, you know, just driving around Tallahassee, um, just the campus, you know, in general, you know, just looking at the walls and things like mm-hmm. that, all the, you know, statues and stuff, you know, yeah. just Seminole, just everything about it, the <laughs> garden and gold, everything just, you know, I loved everything about it, man. It just checked all the boxes for me. And so uh, that was, you know, that was it for me. Absolutely. We'll let you answer this one. It's from Eric, our guy that's always on here listening. What's your uh, favorite NFL team? Favorite NFL team. So, you know, me, I don't really I don't really have a favorite NFL team. I'll just end up cheering for you uh, for like my favorite like quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't know the situation with Deshaun right now. I don't think he's probably gonna, I don't think he's going to be a Texan, you know, much longer, probably. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens with his situation. But, you know, I'll. Yeah. With Aaron Rodgers, it looks like he's going to be playing with the Packers this year. So, you know, I'll be watching a few Packers games. You know, I love mm-hmm. Tom Brady as well. So, I'll be tuned in on the Bucks, um, Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. And so, uh, but yeah, I just, I like to go for my favorite quarterbacks. You know, growing up, my whole family was, you know, Cowboys fans. And, you know, they used to let, let the whole entire family down. So, I kind of got off that, <laughs> off that train. Yeah. Yeah, you're not you know right. how Cowboy fans are, man. You know, this is the year we're going to the Super Bowl this year, and they end up going like eight and eight. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't buy in on on the on the Cowboys. So, uh, I just start going for my favorite players, and you know, hopefully one day whatever teams draft me. So that'll be that'll be my favorite team, man, for sure. So, yeah, I, I gotta ask this question. I, you know, a lot of recruits I talk to, I ask this question. You know, you look at Florida State. And look at the past few years, and they really haven't been, you know, the Florida State that we're accustomed to. Right. You know, right. Struggled on the field. This is it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So h- how do you how do you look at that, knowing that you know they are in in a rebuild, working to get back to that elite status? You know, some some recruits it's a turnoff. You know, they don't they don't want to play for or work for that. Right. So h- how do you how do you look at that, knowing that they want to get back to that well, your program? Yeah, exactly. So um. When you think about it, you know, Coach Norvell last year, you know, was a COVID year. Mm-hmm. And then when you also look at the team last year, you know, a lot of guys on the team were young that were starting last year. I don't think many people, you know, realize that a lot of freshmen started last year. So you just think about it, you know, by the time I get to campus, those guys are going to be juniors and seniors. So it's going to be a whole lot of experience on the field then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Coach, I, I believe, you know, that's that's pretty much it. I believe. Mm-hmm. I know Coach Norvell is going to turn this thing around. Um if I didn't believe in, you know, their plan, I wouldn't have committed here. Right. So, uh, and I also, if I didn't believe, I wouldn't be trying to get guys, you know, to come join me. So uh, I I know what, you know, the picture that I have in my head when it comes to Florida State football, I think of Jameis Winston being there and the score being like 42 to six at halftime and, you know, things like that. So, you know, I know where Florida State football can go. I know how, you know, the fan base is. And, you know, college football is just better when Florida State's on top. And mm-hmm. so uh, this 2022 class, they definitely set it off. Um, we're planning to do the same thing with the 2023 class. So, um, yeah, I like I said, I believe. And, you know, last year was a down year, you know, COVID year. 
But I definitely believe they're going to bounce back this year and, you know, shock a lot of people and turn some heads. And then, you know, it's just going to keep on rolling once the 2022 class gets in, 23 class. I've been in touch with some 24 guys. So mm-hmm. we're, we're looking forward to making this thing like a dynasty again, man. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I believe I believe in everything, you know, that they have, you know, laid out. You know, Coach Norville, he showed me the plan. He showed me what they were all about. And uh, I'm locked in. I was going to ask you just the last few questions here for mm-hmm. you so we don't keep you on here too long. But uh, I was going to ask you, what does your recruiting look like for you? Because we look at some of the guys in the 2022 class, and once they committed, they're already after. They put on the recruiting cap, like a guy like Hashan Sapp, and they're already after yeah, yeah. a few guys. You know, how, how is that looking for you? Are, are you working some – are you networking? Are you finding some connections? Yeah. How is that working in their 2023 class? Because there's not a lot of you right now, but, you know, you're, you're going to be a bell cow to build it. No doubt. So um, – that was something that Coach Norvell and I talked about, you know, back, you know, even before I committed. He was like, if you end up committing to Florida State, um, you're going to have the opportunity to build your own tribe. You know, a tribe for that's going to be all you, especially with you being a quarterback and committing early. You know, that, you know, that'll sign off on a lot of guys, you know, because, you know, some guys, they'll commit late at the quarterback position. And the guys that they have committed to school, they're not really their guys. You know what I mean? It's just like they're just joining a group. But, you know, with me, you know, I plan on hitting up guys. I yeah, I'll get my phone right now. I've been in contact with uh, with Jalen Brown. He was just down there in Tallahassee. Him and I have been chopping it up. Yeah. Uh, Santana Fleming, that's my guy. I've been texting him um, on a regular basis. Um, Ty Lockwood here, Tennessee, big tight end. A1 hands. Um, I've had guys, you know, on my team here at Ravenwood who've played against them. They've, like, they've said, like, over, like, the past four years, they've never seen him drop a ball or something like that. So, uh Jeez. We end up we have to play him this year as well. So uh that's gonna be a pretty good game. You know, hopefully he doesn't do us do us in or anything like that. You know, we're looking to win, but uh he's a dog for sure. And uh Daquan White, it's, it's it's so many guys, you know. I've been I've been hitting up, you know. I just I put this recruiting hat on and uh you know, I'm just I'm just giving them that pitch, man, just letting them know, man. I didn't I didn't commit this early for a reason, for no reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a reason why I did this. This was home and uh I know uh I know we can build something special, no doubt. So, yeah. And I think I've got one more. So, you know, we've talked about how much the coaching staff made you a priority, but also current guys and some guys in Tribe 22 were also after you. And you mentioned your relationship a little bit with Jordan Travis, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you've also spoken to Jerry and Jones and for that Tribe 22 class, uh, Kashawn Sapp was on you pretty hard. And you've talked a little bit with Travis Hunter and A.J. Duffy. So you can can you talk a little bit about you know how much that um, had an effect on you? Yeah, that uh that had a big effect as well. Um, my guy Sap, him and I, ever since my visit, you know, he had uh, hit me up on Instagram, and you know we had he had just been on me hard, man. Like we need you, bro. We we want you to join this family, and so uh, it was pretty cool. You know, after I committed, and he hit me up because you know he had been on me heavy, and uh, you know Jarrell Powers, him and I, we played together my freshman year, his sophomore year. And so uh, we've been locked in. We've been really good friends ever since. And so uh, it'll definitely be fun, you know, being able to throw to him again, you know, at the tight end position. And uh, Jerry and Jones, um, you know, with my family being from Mississippi, whenever we were on the visit, you know, we just hit it right off the bat. You know, that's my guy. He had, we had been talking, you know, constantly as well. Um, same with Jordan. You know, he gave me a lot of feedback and things like that and just, you know, let me know, you know, what it was like, you know, being at FSU. You know, he's been at another program before, so he kind of gave me, like, the compare and contrast of, you know, what's different here at FSU 
and why this was the spot for me. And, uh, you know, it just all fell in, fell in the right spot, man. Um, you know, AJ Duffy showed love, you know, whenever I committed. You know, Travis had hit me up as well. So uh, it's a lot of guys, man, who just showed a lot of love, man. It, you know, it, it's a great feeling, you know. You join a family, and, you know, they treat you like family. So uh, it's been it's been great, man. So I'm looking forward to, you know, me, you know, this year and next year, you know, doing the same thing to guys, you know, letting them know how FSU is and what we're all about and uh, doing the same thing whenever I'm actually putting on that FSU Seminole uniform playing on Saturdays. Absolutely. One last uh, thing from me. Or oh, go ahead, Nate. No, I I don't have a question. I was going to say, man, you know, just you know, keep grinding, man. It sounds like you got a really good head on your shoulders, man. It sounds like you really focused. Yes, and yes, you know, it, it's it, it's what it's what Florida State needs. You know, at that the most important position, yes, sir. They, they need they need that leadership and that that, that those guys who are driven uh, to 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 be great. So, right. you know, keep pushing for that, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank yep. you. Before we end off, I was going to say, Chris, what are you kind of working on heading into your season uh, this year? Uh, what are you looking to improve on? Maybe some things that you've been working on maybe this off season that you're looking forward to showing this season? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I got the I got the Ravenwood in January and uh, mm -hmm. the receivers and I, we know, we're just putting in a lot of work. And, uh, you know, this this summer was pretty big for us. Um May was big for us, you know, June, you know, a lot of the guys, we had visits and things like that. So we weren't really with each other as much as, you know, I wish we could have been. But, you know, July, since, you know, things were shut down at the beginning of July, um, we hopped right back on it, you know, just building chemistry, time and things like that. And that's all coming along, you know, pretty well. You know, they're starting to get a feel for me. You know, we're starting to all get a feel for each other. Like, you know, just as far as, you know, being on the field with each other. Um, knowing how to break off routes, they kind of know my you know body language when it comes to me getting outside the pocket, and uh, it's just it's just all coming together, man. Um, I'm loving to hear Ravenwood, um, great coaching staff. I love all my teammates. You know, um, we just got back from camp a few days ago. That was something that I'll never forget. You know, being in the woods. Um, I'm not a woods camper type of guy, but uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for my teammates, I probably would have went in, went out went insane out there. But uh, it was great, you know, being with them and. Uh, you know, it just – it reminds me a lot of FSU football, man, family-type atmosphere, you know, my teammates and I. So, uh, it's great. We've just been building chemistry, um, you know, strength and conditioning. We've been lifting and things like that, running. Um, we'll have, like, seven-on-seven seven and uh, team periods and things like that. But uh, as far as individually, um, I just, you know, been tightening up my mechanics and things like that, you know, just constantly getting better, you know, just finding ways I can get better, you know, watching film on the teams that we're going to be playing this year. Um, watch a film on Ravenwood from last year, you know, just tighten up, you know, getting the playbook down pat. Um, yeah, it's just been great. You know, teammates, the guys that have been here, you know, before me, they've been helping me out a lot and things like that. So uh, it's just been great, man. We we got a really good team this year. We got two games on ESPN. And so we'll be pretty exciting. Yeah, we got a Summit High School. They got a really good team um, here in Tennessee. And then we play Life Christian out of Virginia. They're coming down here as well. So. Um, both of those games will be on ESPN. We got one of the toughest schedules in the state of Tennessee. We start off the uh, season August 20th against uh, Montgomery Bell Academy. They got a pretty good team uh, from what I've heard. So, uh, yeah, we're looking to go 15-0. You know, we've been working, you know, like a 15-0 team. And uh, that's that's our mindset. That's the model for us. You know, we want to go out here. We want to dominate every game. You know, we want to leave no question. You know, we want to have a type of year, you know, something that we can look back and be like, man, we did something special. And then, you know, with the 2023 guys in my grade, we can look at this year and be like, man, we set the standard, you know, 
but the guy's younger than us. Let's go do it again next year, our senior year. So um, this is going to be a really big year for us. Um, I'm excited, man. It's, it's almost here. It's been longer waiting, man. I remember I got here in January. It's just I remember thinking, like, man, this season is going to be so long. You know, we'll be waiting, you know, just everything. So much time, you know. And then now, you know, for it to finally, you know, get here, it just shows how how fast time flies. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm ready to go. We got a scrimmage Friday. I'm going to treat it like it's a state championship game. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely be ready, no doubt. That's how you got to do it. Stay competitive, man. That mentality is 24-7. And I I was just going to mention that a lot of FSU fans will be tuning in to those two games on ESPN, most certainly. No doubt. doubt. uh, Yeah, I absolutely hope, you know, wish you the best. Stay healthy, man, all of us from here. And we definitely appreciate you for coming on here almost like 45 45 minutes now. But definitely appreciate you. And I think the FSU fans will enjoy this. Yeah, no uh, doubt, man. Man, Thank you all for having me, man. I watched a few of y'all videos on YouTube, so <laughs> it's kind of cool, you know, finally being in one. So, um, yeah, man, thank you guys for for having me. Um, I really appreciate it. You know, Seminole Nation, I appreciate you guys too. All the love you guys showing me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. So, uh, yeah, it's all love over here, man. Thank you guys. Where can they follow you on Instagram and Twitter? Uh, so Twitter is uh, C underscore Parson2 all together. Okay. And, uh, you'll see my profile. I have a black and white picture of me and also my header is uh Kobe Bryant and then uh, my Instagram is Chris Parson but you know the I and Chris is a one so it's C-H-R-1-S-P-A-R-S-0-N um all together so uh again I had to make it a little more difficult yeah 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 no doubt but uh but yeah those are my my social media accounts so yeah awesome sweet deal man maybe we'll be able to get you back on later on and to recap your your season like I said wish you and also your team the best and we'll definitely stay in contact looking forward to watching those games too this year yes sir no doubt thank you guys again appreciate y'all man yeah, Chris, really appreciate it. And, you know, I told you 15 minutes. I'm sorry we had you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the longer the better, man. I enjoyed every minute of it, man. So this, this is going to be great, man. I'm going to yeah. Dustin, yeah, get ready. He'll be texting you tomorrow morning. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Who you recruiting after? <laughs> All right, Chris, yeah. be good, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all, man. Go Nose. All right, go Nose, man. man. Yes, sir. No doubt. Thank y'all. What is your first initial thoughts, Nate, to you? You know, coming, coming from a kid of twenty twenty three. No, I mean, you know, it seems very mature. You know, first and foremost, you know, um, you know, I, I text you guys in our little group chat, side chat, that you know, I, I I was super tight with EJ when he was going through the process, and he reminds me maturity wise, you know, just yeah. very, you know, very mature and very, you know, under, understands uh, the process, understands what you know, what his place is and what he's got to do in order to just continue to get better and, and, and what, you know, what he wants to do when he gets to that next level. You know, yeah. you know he's very even keeled. And, and, you know, one thing that Florida State hasn't had is that guy behind center that can, you know, be the guy the team can depend on. And, you know, we're, we're seeing – we're talking about it here when we do this preview, but we're seeing – you know, Norvell really evaluate that position and bring, you know, guys in that can really lead a team. And you can tell that he can lead a team. And that's that's exciting to see, you know, and, and just on top of everything, his arm talent is, is, is special. So good addition for the 23 class. 
Absolutely. And this hey, is well, the oh, I was saying, yeah. well, hey, I, I told you guys, I've gotten a chance to talk with him a, a couple times. And I mean, he's just, he's an impressive young man. Like you said, Nate, he's wise beyond his years, very calculated, very smart. Mm-hmm. And he's a heck of a football player too. So, I mean, he's got all of the, the attributes on the field and off the field that Coach Norvell and the staff have been looking for. And I mean, you've seen it with every player so far that has committed under, under this staff from Tribe 22 to 23 to 24. They're making sure not only to get quality football players, but quality people in the program too. And I think that's going to be a big factor in turning this thing around. Yeah, no, great head on the shoulders and, you know, answered question. That's the thing that I'm starting to see a trend on with Mike Norvell and the recruits is, you know, these guys really are, they're, they're going to represent, he's looking ahead and he knows that these guys are going to represent Florida state in a great fashion. And mm-hmm. I love the answer for him saying, you know, I didn't just commit to Florida state so early just to kind of sit back and relax. He's getting right after work recruiting. And, you know, so there's some big names that you know, big targets at Florida state is after you got five-star Jalen Brown and you've also got uh, Fleming too. And, you know, mm-hmm. those are two 2023 guys Florida state is heavily going to be after. And, you know, it's great to already have a quarterback in place there. And, you know, it, it really, hey, hey. You know what the cool thing is? What's the cool thing? It sounds like that he's going to break the streak. <laughs> you know that. I hope so. The committed quarterbacks, you know, that we've had on that. You know, yeah. Have, uh, <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood, Nate. Knock on wood, you know. Yeah, knock on wood. That is the case. Yeah, yeah exactly. But let's let's move on here, guys. We got a few quick hitters. This is actually going to be. On. I, I've never felt so old in my life. No, I know. He said he was in sixth grade for the Michigan game. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm 24. Yeah. I'm not that old. That was my sophomore year of college. That made me feel so old. Yeah. And it was like what five years ago. Doesn't mm-hmm. even feel that long ago. I know. Sixth grade. That's what, that was my first feeling of like, dang, I feel almost like I, I wonder how Nate feels here. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, he's used to that. I'm 24, I'm not used to that. I had to meet myself. I was like, holy shit. There's no way. Oh, man. Goodness gracious. Yeah. yeah. Time, time's flying, man. Time's flying. But definitely thanks, Dustin, for getting that hooked up with Chris coming on. And I, I'm. These 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 interviews that we've had with these younger kids, and we've got, we can go ahead and say now we got uh, Quashan Sap actually joining us uh, next Thursday night at eight thirty, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be a big one. He's in that twenty twenty two class that is trending upwards like crazy. Who's after so many recruits? Uh, you know, he was heavily after a few guys this last weekend, so he'll be on here with us too. So he's got mm-hmm. a lot to talk about. Let's get into some quick hitters. Real quick, and they're actually going to be quick because quick. we're doing the whole offensive breakdown tonight. Real quick, recruiting latest, Florida State lands through three-star offensive tackle Daughtry Richardson. And also, about three minutes later, practically three minutes, landed defensive tackle Daniel Lyons. Uh, both now, both guys now being down in Miami. Daughtry actually played here in Tallahassee at Godby for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Florida State lands two guys uh, out of that Miami area right now. Uh, yeah. Lions was, was needed because they haven't landed an interior nose tackle kind of prospect since True Thompson. So, you know, getting a guy from the high school level, um, you know, one of the w- one of the better players in Florida at this position, um, you know, it, it's a down year for tackle um, throughout the entire country. But, you know, this is still a really good player, plays with a lot of energy, you know, again, another another physical kid. So, 
Plus, you know, FSU goes 2-0 versus Manny uh, over the weekend, so it's great to see. Love it. Yeah, and going to Daughtry, I mean, this one is just all Alex Atkins from from the moment Florida State started recruiting him. Um, Alex Atkins has led the charge here, and, you know, in the end, uh, I got to speak with Daughtry prior to him committing, and he told me, you know, the main factor in him ending up at Florida State rather than some of the other schools that recruited him, like Miami, Kentucky was simply Alex Atkins was at Florida State, and he's built a relationship with him like no other position coach um, from any other school that's recruiting him. And, you know, this is a guy more of an athletic build at tackle, but he's a true tackle for the state. And I think, you know, it might take a couple years for him to kind of develop his body and get in that strength and conditioning program in Tallahassee. But eventually I see him as a quality player. Yeah, real quick, not to get caught up on that, but I think he said something that's important is that, you know, one, not every recruit is going to be an instant impact, especially in the interior but he's got the the traits that you know you put up with a guy like Coach Atkins. You know, you know he's going to be in, in one or two years. He's going to be a guy when he's a redshirt freshman or you know redshirt sophomore that he's going to be a big part of that rotation. So, mm-hmm. and we've seen it already. You know, if you're talented, you will you will play under Alex Atkins. We saw it last year mm-hmm. with true freshman Robert Scott. So the best players are going to play. Right. Yep, they are. Going real quick to do a quick recap over the big recruiting weekend. You know, Florida State, once again, is able to get a lot of targets uh, inside the doors, inside the moor there. You're looking at Elijah Pritchett that was there once again. You know, Quashan Sapp was personally all over him. You know, they did a photo shoot together. You've got Marvin Jones Jr. Once again, Nate, he's in Tallahassee. You know, it's a great sign for FSU. But this time, he's with Dad, which I think is humongous. He's able to chat it up. And just, you know, enjoy the, the dad talk. You know, we're always around our dad sometimes and they're talking with friends. But this time there's Ron Dugans, there's Odell there. You know, you get the dad involved and it hasn't really happened a lot either on visits. I think it's I think it's a big thing. But, you know, you also have got Travis Hunter. You know, he's going to that's what I love about the kid. You know, some some players, you know, once they've made it, they just kind of dwindle out and they're just not going to compete. But, you know, this kid is just consistently competing, Nate, and he yep. shows out once again, and he's having great – he's going one-on-one with two – you know, it's going five-star against five-star. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you see why he's the best recruit in the last five classes. Mm-hmm. I've now increased it. <laughs> I mean, I mean oh, the, the five classes? Yeah, went up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, seriously, man, you, you look at this kid, and you go good on good, elite on, on, on elite, and he's just on another level. Like, like, just the, his abilities—it's insane. So, um, yeah, man, you can't, you can't really say much more about that kid. That you know, he just continues to go out there, and, and you know, he loves the game of football. You can tell that he loves football, and he wants to embarrass people. I, I can't wait to see that in Tallahassee. So, how many games is it going to take during his senior season for them to upgrade him to the number one prospect? Uh, well, with uh, well. I think he would end up there anyways, but with uh, the, the kid that is committed to the quarterback talking about skipping this year, and that's going to move him out of the class, so that's going to put him at number one. Quinn mm-hmm. Ewers, whatever, how do you pronounce his last name? Um, you know, talking about enrolling at Ohio State, supposedly, so, you know, that puts Travis at the number one spot, but I, I think eventually he was going to earn that. You, you can't, I get it, you know, you know, it's usually a quarterback, defensive lineman that is the number one player. 
you know, he was on the podcast with uh, Brent McFadden and Patrick Peterson, and they talked a little bit about how very rarely are, are, are defensive backs rated as high as, you know, he was. And that's why I talked about him and Derwin. Derwin was rated super high too. So, you know, he, he's the best player in the country. And I think it's just not debatable. When you look at him as a football player, he's the best football player in the country. Regardless if he's a wide receiver or defensive back, he's the best. Mm-hmm. Give the kid his yeah. due. Going back to Marvin Jones Jr. real quick, Nate, you were kind of in contact with senior there, Mr. Shade Tree, a little bit. But, you know, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're trying to think of something before uh, the Notre Dame game to maybe have on senior. We'll see. But mm-hmm. going back to, you know, once again, you got junior on campus and I want to bring up the picture here that the whole staff took of him, but kind of speak about maybe with some things that you were talking with senior about and you know what it means for him to be on campus once again in Tallahassee, big time target. It's just follow the visits, you know, you know, for the, there's a lot of people that think that FSU just can't get him because of, of, you know, where they're at as a program. And, you know, when you compete with Alabama and Ohio state and, you know, Florida State's still going to compete with them, one, because of the family tradition and all the guys that have come from that family that play at Florida State. And, and, and two, they're just doing a hell of a job recruiting him. And, you know, there's a need at the spot. Um, as we just heard from from Chris, you know, when they dial in on you, they dial in and they, and they make it known how important you are. So, you know, the big thing with them is that, you know, the – it's not about who you are family wise. They're recruiting him as an individual. And, and, and that's the most important thing I think with this kid is that he's his own person and they're not relying on the family, <clears throat> excuse me, family relationship, so to speak, in order to try to land him. They're not trying to talk about legacy and all that kind of stuff. It's you are who you are as a player and, you know, we, we need you. So, you know, w- we need what you can bring to that table. We need it. So, you're vital to the class, so. Yeah, exactly. And, and to your point, I believe it was uh, Zach Blostein from Knowles 247 that had the quote, but Marvin mm-hmm. Jones said something like, uh, whenever I come to Florida State, they show me more love than anybody. So I think it's yep. big that Florida State's not just relying on that legacy factor, but they're actively pursuing Jones as hard as they can and trying to develop those relationships to get him to Tallahassee. So arguably the two biggest – are going to be the two biggest recruiting weekends that Florida State had over the some over this offseason. He was at, so mm-hmm. you know that, that that says a lot. You know that, that says a lot. So absolutely, it does. Yep. And going back to Elijah Pritchett, Quashan uh, Sapp told me that he's he was heavily after him that whole and entire trip there. They actually. Uh, we're, we're messing around with one another and actually ended up doing a photo shoot together. I know we'll be able to talk with Sap and pick his brain on the whole recruiting weekend next week on the show, but that is a big time offensive line target, big, 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 big time target. And he's actually visiting Al- Alabama, I think this upcoming weekend, but I, w- you know, I wouldn't be surprised. To, there. I wouldn't be surprised to see a decision, you know, relatively soon coming off that Alabama visit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real quick, let's jump into some training camp news and latest. Football season is, is really here, honestly. First day for the Saints, I believe, was yesterday for Jameis Winston. The whole competition now begins between him 
and Taysom Hill. I can't believe I'm saying that. There's a competition with Taysom Hill to be the starting quarterback, but here we are in 2021 under Sean Payton. Let's see if he's silly or not. But uh, Jameis Winston showed up in, in beautiful – I just about said beautiful shape. Uh, that's, that, that, that just seems a little too much. Maybe I need to tone, I need to tone down the Jameis tweets and everything. Did you say he showed up in great shape ready to compete. That's what I meant to say, but I was yeah. saying great too many times tonight, so I try to change it up a little bit. Damn it. Fantastic. Fantastic. I know that there was a lot of things here. You showed I'm like, up in, in, in fantastic shape ready to compete. Uh, can you give me one more example of what I could have used? Um, and significant or no, no no excellent maybe excellent yeah, or you know he came in, in ready top, to work top flight sure <laughs> just said his body shape. his body is sculpted man yeah it really has though there in the new orleans sun no no he, oh, okay. he really he really did reshape his body this offseason <laughs> he, he actually he really did, did. Mm-hmm. and yeah. he's been working on it for over a year though i mean this has kind of been a two-year yeah. tra- uh transformation for him going back and looking at whenever he was right, uh, when he was talking with no when he was training with Whitfield back you know yeah. getting ready for the Bucks and you know having that that cookout beer belly it looked like and then now going to look at him training it looks <laughs> he's in wonderful shape so we'll keep an eye on that competition uh Gabe Neighbors was out our former here the spear alum was out there someone's <laughs> something's happening i don't know what's going on but we're gonna keep moving here so we stay steady uh game neighbors had a few packages out wide for the chargers today i caught note of that on the twitter lands so game neighbors doing some things going to utilize them in a lot of different ways i think this upcoming season definitely in the red zone uh and then this is the biggest story of the day kelvin benjamin was seen walking uh, from the beginning of the practice today for uh, the Giants was seen walking away during the practice. Uh, supposedly there was reports that he and the coach kind of went at it there and immediately left. And they're saying that he's been cut from the Giants organization. So that's a story that I'm sure we'll keep developing and hearing more on, but you know, I was really pulling for him. He just recently made a position change over from wide receiver to tight end. And I thought he showed up in pretty good shape. We were able to chat with him at Kenny Shaw's camp and he said he was getting into some training uh, immediately after that. And he looked like he was in pretty good shape. So I had, you know, wishing him the best, but you know, hate hearing that. I wanted to bring this up real quick. Dalvin Cook absolutely disrespected Austin. Your Vikings, Dalvin Cook. It's a shame. I mean, I was livid at this. It's so idiotic. I'll bring it up here. This is from the Madden Twitter, but they ranked, you know, they're releasing their rankings every year, but they ranked Dalvin Cook as a number fourth running back on their list. Christian McCaffrey at number 97 overall. You've got Derrick Henry. Number two, 96 overall, Nick Chubb above Dalvin Cook at number three. And then you got Dalvin Cook, number four, and Alvin Kamara. I think this whole top five is completely BS, in my opinion. I I don't think it's that far off. I think you put... It's it's the right five, just the wrong order. Well, it's the wrong order, yeah. I I, I think you put Dalvin at three, Kamara at four, and Chubb at five. I would, just because McCaffrey was hurt most of last year... I don't think you can give him the benefit of the doubt as a top two running back. Uh, to I, me, it's to me it's Henry Cook, yep. Chubb, McCaffrey, Kamara. I, I, I don't know. I think 
you know, you got to see how McCaffrey bounces back as he was. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but you can't put him number one after you know, missing what eleven games last year, right? Well, I mean, he he's that good. Yeah, but Dalvin but, had fifteen hundred <laughs> yards and seventeen touchdowns. Yeah, in yeah, fourteen I mean, games, like, <laughs> but like, yeah. I think. What I, are we I, doing? What I, are we doing? I, I really think that, in my opinion, um, McCaffrey, Henry Cook, and Kamara are on tier one. Yeah. And then the other guys are, I think, you know, would be tier two. I think those four guys are head and shoulders, the top four running backs in, in, the, in the NFL. And, and I don't know about Jacobs at eight either. I think that's a little mm, bit high. No, nah, I think that's a little bit. I think it's a little high. It's a little bit of projecting. He really hasn't done much yeah yet other than that it's the right it's the right five just the wrong order and yeah i'm glad saquon barkley wasn't in there in the top five i know he didn't play last year oh my god thank god i don't know if i put ezekiel at number nine but he didn't have a great season last year no but i think that's a respect one kind of like how jj watt was what a 94 no it's just a respect thing (laughs) yeah don't get me started Wait, JJ Watt or TJ Watt? JJ. You didn't see that? TJ Watt was disrespected. JJ Watt, Watt had a 94, like he was a 94 overall. Oh, yeah, that's a little. I mean, that's like almost as close to where his brother was. Or like 95. Not even like, on the, it, they weren't even on the same hey, level. Like, that is so stupid. Before we move on to the offensive, where do you think Cam falls if he didn't get hurt? Ooh. Probably I think in the range of Ezekiel and Mixon. No, out no outside the top ten. I think by the end of the season. Yeah, he, he might. Work oh, his way up. yeah, no, yeah. To start, like, he would have like been. Hitting, he would have been like an 81, 82 heading in, maybe. Yeah. Madden, top top twenty, top fifteen, something yeah. like that. I think does, top twelve to fifteen. Madden doesn't show a lot of love to second year guys like Justin yeah. Jefferson wasn't an eighty eight plus after he had what. A top five season last year. I'm not saying he's a top five receiver, but he had a top five season. No, he's a top five receiver, dude. Listen, I'm not going to argue, but I'm just saying it's to have him at least not top twelve is kind of kind of disrespectful considering Mm -hmm. the season he had. Yeah, no, I think it's silly silliness. Nick Chubb, someone's got to be fired. I'm calling for someone's head immediately after that. That is so silly. Uh, all right, l- real quick, last thing here. We've got people asking for the offensive breakdown, so we're going to get to that quickly. Uh, last little note here, some newsworthy stuff. The luncheon, the booster luncheon for FSU and also the um, – God, the fan day, Florida yeah. State's fan day has been canceled, sorry, because <laughs> of COVID-19. They're one to keep players safe, I think, for majority, so then you know they can get ready for camp successfully. But, you know, you just got to hope this isn't a sign of things to come. I don't think it is. I'm trying to stay optimistic about it. Um, Get your vaccines, idiots. Whoa, yeah. Austin's coming out. I'm not going to read the comments. Yeah, Austin's, Austin. <laughs> we'll put Austin up here real quick. Go ahead and say that again for us, Austin. I said it once. You heard me. You heard me. I don't but, need to repeat uh, it. I'm, I'm just hoping – no, you know, back all that kind of talk. I'm just, you know, praying this is, you know, just a safe measure by Florida State, which I hope it is is a smart one. 
and we're heading to the football season just fine because you're about All to right. go into a stadium with 80,000, Nate. Yeah, and, and I've already spent a lot of money on tickets. Just yeah. come on, man. Let's go, man. Let's go. Yeah. Well, you just got to think, you know, if a player going into fall camp, if a player gets COVID, there's a good chance they'll probably end up missing that first game just because of however the protocols are. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, limiting – the amount of exposure they have to fans and, and things like that. It just gives you a better chance of having everybody fully available once that Notre Dame game rolls around. So, I mean, it's a smart decision. Yeah, it sucks for the fans, but I mean, it's just something we got to deal with until, you know, hopefully this blows over. Yeah. And you got to think, you know, you'd rather take that than, you know, season, yeah. you know, being canceled or, you know, your starting quarterback isn't able to play or both. Quarterbacks, well, we saw, you know. we saw the issues that COVID gave FSU last year. So I think they're going to be extra cautious and, you know, it's probably the smart way to go about it. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into it, gentlemen. Let's get into some offensive position breakdowns for fall camp. Spend a little bit of time on this. I say we go ahead and start off with quarterbacks. That's the best one. Big time storyline heading in this one. And Nate, Nate's going to probably go at it with me. I can't wait, but. Uh, we, we're just doing the breakdown right now. You know, you got Jordan Travis, who you know saved a lot of the season last year, showed a little bit more arm than we might have thought. You know, he wasn't really expected to really play until you know you jot out, you know, James Blackman, and then you've got Tate Rodemaker, and then you got Jordan Travis out there, and he and he plays well. You know, he's we, we've learned that he is a guy that has to be on this offense. He's got to get snaps this upcoming season. He's got to take snaps in every game. But then, boom, you bring on a transfer with McKenzie Milton, absolutely lit it up at UCF, a guy that is extremely, extremely talented, very smart, knows his film, makes his reads, and can throw the damn football. This is going to be a fun one to watch, this storyline, gentlemen. I mean, there's so much to look at. You look at the depth behind you, Chubba Purdy and Tate Rodemaker, too. And I think it's going to be a fun camp. And It's going to be a great what do you fun think? camp. What do you think? What do, a, what do you think, Nate? It's going to be a great fun camp. What do we it's got? Going be, it's going to be Melton, Travis, Purdy, Watermaker. That's not a breakdown. No, well, that's, that's a why we talked about this. If you look at the screen real We've quick. Already, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, honestly, dude. So, I, I understand Travis. Yeah, he's worked his ass off and improved as a passer. But we, at the end of the day, we saw what we saw in the spring game. Um, we saw the difference of what McKenzie Mung can bring to the offense. And, and, and there's, there's question marks at, at, at wide receiver, which we'll get to. Um, you need a guy who can throw the ball and, and open up the offense. And I, I think that while Travis is a talented athlete, he's not a full-on quarterback in, in, in this offense. I think he he will – Max himself out. I think he's maxed out in terms of what he can do as a quarterback. It's my opinion. Um, I, I think he's an offensive threat. I think, you know, you get the ball in his hands, you let him make some plays, you give him, you know, X amount of snaps at, at quarterback, you let him up in, in the slot, you know, put him in the backfield, you let him do what, it, what he can do with the ball in his hands. But the starting quarterback is McKinsey Mountain. What do you have on here for us, Austin? I like this. You know, Austin contributing yeah. here, getting some stuff yeah, on the screen for us. That's, all, yeah, that's it's, awful. It's, I wish it, I wish Hill's been terrible with these position rankings. It's awful. And he put Florida State's quarterback room at 11th. That's awful. <laughs> 11th. <laughs> 
Sam Howell for sure, number one. Yeah, and Clemson too. I, 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 I don't, I don't yeah. get the DJ Ugalili hype. You know, kind of the same thing where talked about with Chris is like the. You know, he's got a hell of an arm. Can make you know, can throw the ball a country mile. But I think there's some question marks with his accuracy. Um, Miami, Derek King's coming off a knee injury. Um, you, you have a, a freshman after him. Um, Boston College, you have the kid that came over from uh, Notre Dame. Um, you have is Cunningham's returning for, for Louisville, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Pitt, um, Pickett, you know, whatever. I mean, Virginia, who the hell is – Who's pitching his quarterback? I don't even know. Who's Wake Forest quarterback? I think he got hurt. Um, NC State's still Bailey Hockman, right? Yeah. No, nah, he's gone now. Nah, he's, uh, he's on to his next establishment. No, nah, that I is. I believe uh, Juco. Juco, nah, if I'm correct. Nah, he's at Middle Tennessee State. Same thing to me, to yeah. be honest. So, Sad. Uh, <laughs> um, Sorry, Middle Tennessee State fans that are in here. No, nah, I mean. They're not. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I I think that, you know, people will be pleasantly surprised if, if FSU can, you know, be average at, at, at offensive line with, with what the quarterback can do in this offense. I would probably have them in that four or five range just because, you know, you don't really, you don't exactly know what you're going to get from Milton yet. You know, you're hoping mm-hmm. he comes back with that production that he put up at UCF. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I would be a little cautious, but definitely optimistic. Worst case, oh, sure. top half. Yeah, yeah I mean, 11 is ridiculous. Yeah, no, that was silly. Has he made silly. a running backs list yet? I know he – well, did he just do a total skill position? I'll look. I'll look while, while we keep talking about it. And for the record, I, I'm with Nate. I think Mackenzie Milton's going to be a guy against Notre Dame. Um but I also think it was important to bring Travis to media, bring both of them to media day. You can't not have last year's starting yeah. quarterback go to media day. It's going to be a competition. They're going to talk about it like it's a competition. But if Spring was any indication, Milton's going to pick up this offense every single day, better and better every single day. Um, I think. So I yeah. think by Notre Dame, it's Milton's. Mm-hmm. I think this is something that was talked about all offseason, but I don't think this is going to be the case. I think there's going to be packages where he might be seeming like he's a wide receiver. He might be at a slot. I think Norvell and Dillingham are going to get really tricky with how this works. I think it is going to be – I don't think it's going to be a solidified kind of – I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a two-quarterback kind of threat to me. Stop dancing around. You think Travis is going to be the quarterback and you're wrong. I think Jordan Travis will have the best fall camp. So, Dustin, it's your turn. (laughs) I was just going to say, you know, you guys have put a lot of great stuff out there, but I just think, you know, for this one, the best – the quarterback with the best arm is going to end up winning the job. And in my opinion, that's Mackenzie Milton, and he also Mm -hmm. has a ton of experience at the college level, has led winning teams, and I just think he brings a lot of – a lot of factors maybe outside of his performance that could lift right. this Florida State offense because of his maturity and what he's been able to learn exactly throughout his he, long college career. And that's yeah. what Florida State needs right now. You know, they're kind of they're still nurturing this offense under Norvell and instilling those strong foundations. I think I think Milton helps you be more productive um, as a unit than mm. possibly Travis will. But at the same time, I think we're gonna see some packages that have Milton and Travis on the field together. I mean, they're not, they're not just going to sideline him. He's going to be utilized because, I mean, you know what he brings. He's a heck of a runner. He can still throw the ball. 
And we've seen them a little bit out wide, you know, not really a lot. But so I think, you know, they're going to have a bunch of mm. a bunch of different things that they can do with him to still get him some burn, even if he's not the starting quarterback. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if you see Jets sweeps to Travis and he throws it at mm-hmm. some point in the season. I'd be surprised if you see him both in the backfield at the same time and the defense is trying to guess who's getting the snap. Yeah. And Put him in the slot, be, let, it, let him get in the, in the open field. The, yeah. And there's going to be things. Yeah. Norvell's too good of an offensive mind to not make something happen for Travis, as good of a playmaker as he is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. His offense is going to be extremely fun to watch in that backfield. And do y'all think, real quick, do you think Mike Norvell names a starter? Will he name a starter before the Notre Dame game? Or yes. do you think he'll run into no. it? I think, I, I, think I, so. I, I think he does the, the week of the practice. Yeah, I would say week of the first game. He's not going to do it early in camp. Really, It really just depends how fall yeah. camp goes. I, I, I don't think Norvell is a chicken shit like Roy Taggart was, so... I'm not saying he's that, but I don't see him tipping his hand either. Nah. He's very calculated with his decisions. Yeah. If we get something, it'll be to, I think it'll be game day. Like we co- we come out game day, we find out Mackenzie Milton starting. I think it's gonna be one of those. I think it is too. I mean, you're facing you got a fresh defensive coordinator, not gonna say he's not well experienced, but a Notre Dame. I think they're going to be as tricky as they can be. It's going to be tricky. It's going to be a tricky offense already. You're looking at two potential starting quarterbacks that can go out there and can play. Uh, you got one that can throw, one that can ball and run. You know, it, it's a it's a beautiful tandem. It just depends if you can work it out that way. Um, and you've got an offensive line that's improving. Let's move on here to running backs. To stay steady on it, gentlemen, I think we all kind of can agree here on who the starter will be mm-hmm. and who, have a, who I think will have a really solid fall camp, and that's Deshaun Corbin. I uh, played uh, a lot last year, kind of some inconsistencies here and there, but I don't think he was fully kind of shaken off of his knee injury that he suffered at Texas A&M. And we got to see a lot of some flashes near the end of the season. I think he's your turnaround you know, running back number one heading into Notre Dame. And I think, you know, Toa Philly's still that number two, but he's going to mm-hmm. push Corbin quite a bit in this fall camp. Uh, Toa Philly's going to have some flashes. And then really after that, three and four, I'm interested to see. That fight for number three between mm-hmm. Ward and DJ Williams is going to be exciting to watch. This uh, running back room has a lot of potential. I, I look at it like you look at like Corbin and Toa Philly. They're your, you know, they're, they're your lightning guys. They, you know, they can, I, I think what we saw in Toa Philly, I think, you know, that's really promising. Um, you know, but they're also guys that are really good at what Norvell likes, and it's getting involved in the passing game. So, you, you know, you look at their, their versatility. I think that Williams is going to be the workhorse. I think he's going to be more of that, you know, inside the 20, you know, get you your, your tough yards. Uh, I, I think Ward is going to take some carries. We've already talked about him. Um, in spring and also some this offseason, I think he's going to take some carries this year. Um, a lot of people thought he was the best running back in spring. Um, I, I think you look at a guy like Corey Rennie, who is going to be used, I think, a little bit like Jordan Travis. You can run him up in slot, jet sweeps, that kind of stuff. I think you got to utilize that speed. Um, and, and so you, you got four or five guys who I think you have different skill sets that can do things that are going to help this offense. Yeah, like you said, I think the talent in the running back room is is very diverse because you have different guys that, that are good at different things. So the coaching staff, they're going to have a lot of a lot of uh, different ways to be able to work with these guys. And 
you know, obviously one thing I wanted to bring up is Toa Philly. You know, obviously he was very good for Florida State last year, mm-hmm. had 37 carries, 356 yards, 9.6 yards per carry, and, and two touchdowns. So it was a promising true freshman season from him for, from uh, what we got to see. But my question for you guys, does it concern you at all that he didn't really bulk up that much this offseason because he's still sitting there a little small for what I think you would want to see out of a college running back at, at 185 pounds? I'm not, I'm not in, small. You know? I'm, not, I'm not entirely concerned mm-hmm. too much. I understand that. The biggest thing for my concern is him staying healthy throughout a full mm-hmm. game because that was something that hindered him last year. Um, I just hope there's some just a little bit of extra meat that, that uh, Coach Storms can put on him. That's what I. That's my only worrisome for him. But I know how talented he is. I think overall in that room, he's a overall the most talented back, maybe between from what I, we've seen with Ward. But um, I don't know. I think it's a good point though, Delu. Well, just we talk about. Sorry to interrupt, Nate, but we talk about how small you know a guy like Corey Wren is per se, and he's he's only weighs two pounds less than Lawrence Toa Philly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just think Toa Philly is is what he is, you know, his body structure is not going to be someone, you know, he's not broad shouldered, you know, he's a, he's a lean guy. Um, you know, I think, you know, if anything, he can work on, you know, his, his, his lower half. I think that's what he's got to go in the bigger half, but he didn't take a lot of big hits last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just think he's, you know, uh, he's Jermaine Thomas, like, you know, a little bit taller, kind of lanky, um, you know, he's just he's not going to be uh, a 215-pound running back. He's just, he's just not going to be him. It's a question here from Trenton. Will a back have a thousand yards? I don't no. think to me now. So. With the stable that's back there, and you've also got Jordan Travis, who's going to be utilized a lot. I don't see it happening, in my opinion. There's going to be it's a lot just, of rotation. Yeah, it's a it's a by committee room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you guys. But yeah, I think. The biggest thing I, I'm, I want to see some Trashawn Ward to me just to have some fun with it because the things that we've heard the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. and we haven't really gotten to see it, but actually hearing these things and then seeing it in person whenever Mike Norvell opened up some of these spring scrimmages, he is the real deal. He is the real deal. Um, and, you know, FSU fans, I think, are going to like seeing him and we'll see if he uh, has a few packages in store. So since he stepped on campus, there's been a lot of people who thought he's the most natural runner on, on the team. Yeah, uh, he's just got to understand the offense. Um, he's earned a scholarship, and you know he earned a lot of praise in the spring for a reason. So he's going to play, and he's going to play meaningful minutes. Yeah, that's scary to think of because if you're heading into that third or fourth quarter, you can throw out a fresh reward. Mm-hmm. You like you like to hear that. Uh, let's move into some wide receivers here, gentlemen. The number one name that you think of when we Talk about it is Andrew Parchment, the Kansas wide receiver transfer. Man, oh, man, you know, that is a guy that's going to be explosive to make some plays down the field. You think of Mackenzie Milton already immediately with that tandem that we might be able to see in the future. But, Mm -hmm. you know, this wide receiver room still has some veterans on it, but I think is going to be highlighted by the young newcomers on board. Let's name two of them right now, D'Lu. We've got got Burrell, Joshua Burrell, and you've also (laughs) got Malik McLean who played about every single snap. We talked about it enough, but he played so much during the spring. He's put on some pounds too. I'm, I'm definitely excited about this younger corp. Uh, and there's still some other youngins too, to look out for. 
Yeah, Malik McLean is insane. At least he was there in the spring. <laughs> um, he had some outstanding spring scrimmages, and you know we saw it in the spring game with some of those connections um, with Milton. He's got that that long body on the outside, and he can go up and just get it over guys. And you know he's only a true freshman right now. Obviously, being here for the spring really benefited him moving into the fall because he's already got some experience working with these quarterbacks. And I just think you know for him the the sky is the limit. The dude has a ton of potential, and it's just going to come with hard work and putting it together. But I, I think he's primed to have a good a good fall camp. And I think I said it was it last podcast or two weeks ago. I, I think there's a good chance we'll see him running with the ones uh, during fall, just because of what he brings to the table. Um, I, I think we when you look at it, you know, you, you have I think you have Helton who can line up inside and outside. So I look at it first, you know, inside I have Helton, I have I have Robinson, I have Douglas and I have Burrell. That's kinda like your slot guys. Um, you know, outside uh, I, I think game one we still see Ontario Wilson uh get a start. But behind him I, I have the two young kids. I have McLean and I have uh Portier. And out out the other side I have Parchment. Uh, a guy that no one talks about that the staff um is excited about is is Williamson. Um, you know, last year he played a little bit as a freshman coming off of ACL, but you know, missing, missing Hill, not getting him in. It looks like he's not going to come in in this fall is, is a major blow because he would have been a, a, another immediate contributor. But it, it, if the light is ever going to turn off for Jordan Young, it needs to be this season because, you know, he's got the ability, but it just hasn't clicked for him. So I, I think he, gets passed up by, by, by McLean on the outside. So, And you, you mentioned Helton briefly, but I think him, you know, he you could tell he wasn't fully healthy or fully confident mm-hmm. in his knee last year. I think having a full offseason, full camp, I think that's going to be huge for him. I wouldn't be surprised at all if you see him make big plays. Brian Robinson didn't get a lot of burn last year. I, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if you see him step up. There's a couple guys that were either banged up, weren't really confident, didn't know the playbook. Yep. That I think you really see step up this season. And, and a couple of guys I've talked to, Helton's looked really, really good in seven on in, in this offseason. So, you know, looks like he may be past that middle part of that knee injury. So you know, yeah, they're, they're going to need him to get back to that. Definitely. That form. I think it's good to kind of have those safety nets and Keyshawn Helton and Ontario Wilson, guys that have mm-hmm. been, been playing in college for a couple of years. And, you know, they haven't exactly – blown anybody away but they have produced a little bit you know hopefully that can become a little bit more consistent moving forward and the same thing with um andrew parchment i think he's a part of that safety net too so maybe you know early on you rely on those guys and then the young guys you'll you'll start to see throughout uh the weeks in fall camp who was coming along and who was stepping up Mm -hmm. and we'll see who gets into the fold Mm-hmm. They, a few of the comments latest have been talking about Brian Robinson, who also had a yep. nice spring, too. Yep. Uh, was a good red zone threat in a few of the few scrimmages we were at and also played well and and to the uh, spring game. And mm-hmm. then I think we haven't talked about it enough, too, but Ja'Kai Douglas, who played yeah. a ton during the spring, too. And I've heard he is one of the fastest on the team for what someone inside the program has told me, which is pretty interesting. I They even told me, you have to watch out. I don't know if he's the solidified fastest. I still think Corey Ren is, but they were telling Corey me Ren's that Ja'Kai Douglas is extremely fast. Is he was the taking same, reps is, with is the ones the same in guy telling you that yeah, he was. is going to start? No. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. <laughs> That's what you're always going to use if it's something yeah. that you don't agree with. It's going to be so who's telling you that about yeah. uh, Jordan Travis. But yeah, no, there's a lot of, if you think about it, there is a, this is a jam packed wide receiver room. It just stinks, though. You don't have Destin Hill on board with it. I but don't know you know what? Jam packed, but I look at it like the, you know, this offense is, is reminiscent. I think of there's like a, a lot. 2009 FSU. A lot of what? And, Sorry, Nate. A lot of talent at wide receiver. There's a lot of talent, but there's not a lot of production. There's so. not a production yet. I think this talent is like doesn't a, mean shit. Well, well, I'm saying no, no, no. Well, production, yeah, but I'm saying like as depth right now, you yeah. feel pretty nice with it. That's what I'm yeah, saying. I, there's a lot of that. Like, uh, like I think a, a Helton and a Wilson can be guys like uh, Taiwan Easterling. You know, guys that can get you plays when you need it. Um, no, they're not a Rashad Green, and you know, Florida State needs that guy that elite guy, but I, I think that you can lean on those guys that, that can make the plays for you. So, um, you know, Parchment's got to be that guy that FSU thinks he can be in order for this offense to to, to move. Yeah. I, I mean, with Parchment, Parchment, a lot of people were going to talk about last year's stats. I mean, he only had 200-something yards. That season before, he had almost 900 yards, seven touchdowns. And last season, Kansas only threw for – 1300 yards as a team yeah, they quarterback horrible, was atrocious they were terrible horrible quarterback play like it's a, to see him with a quarterback like milton's caliber which we're assuming is going to start mm-hmm. i think it's going to be huge for him to just just have that just have that arm have solid mm-hmm. quarterback play for the first time and probably forever for him yeah and like you said Nate, he needs to he needs to be the guy that comes in and really takes the top off of defenses and mm-hmm. one thing that i've really noticed and logan you brought it up a couple times but this guy has been working uh, we talked about him working out with dalvin cook earlier this offseason and we've heard, we've heard um good returns so far from him working with uh current players and seven on sevens so he seems really motivated to come in and have an instant impact before the state he's just not he's not just here to be here he's here to make a statement Nate Bryant says you're sleeping on B Rob. I'm not sleeping on B Rob at all. I I think that I think that he's (laughs) going to be a guy that plays a lot of minutes, man. You know, we're just remember we're just blaming you on it. We're 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 probably still to blame, but we're going to blame you on it. Honestly, I I remember last year. Last year he was getting a a ton of a ton of rave reviews, and he had that ankle injury that popped up in fall camp, and really it just him back. Yeah, it hurt him for the rest of the year. He could never get into that rotation. So, you know, now that he's healthy. You know, hopefully that talent comes out and blossoms. Absolutely. I, I, I look at tight end. I'm going to keep this moving. Um, you know, I, I look at tight end at, at like, uh, you know, like, like, like two positions in that, in, in that, in that room. I, I look at guys who are going to be your, you know, your, your, your true real pass catching threats. And then you look at like the, the guys that will be your, your, your blockers, your guys that can still go out and catch the ball. So I look at it like, you know, I think Cam McDonald's your solidified number one. I think, um, you know, you have Wilson as your number two, but I think he's going to be the primary blocking guy. You know, I think Preston Daniels showed enough as a walk-on that I think, but he's another blocking guy. You know, I, I look at Rector and Gross as guys that can come in and be the pass catchers. But one guy I'm keeping an eye on is Jackson West um, while he's a freshman. Um, you know, athletic, athletically, he's very gifted. Um, running with the wide right receivers and was having a really strong spring until he hurt himself. So, you know, you, you look at this room, yeah, there's a lot of bodies there, but I, I think this is a, a position group that is broken into two different segments. 
Um, you know, there's not one guy that specializes in both. And by that, I mean being a, a true pass catcher and, and, and a blocking threat. I'm not saying that they can't block, but, you know, that true all-around tight end. And so I, I, I think that you, you look at this this room, and I think there, there's – I think people are, are not – looking at this position and, and what they could possibly do in the offense. So I think Cam could have a solid year. I really like, you know, Jackson West. I, I like Jordan Wilson. Um, you know, again, another upperclassman, big body guy who can, um, has a lot of experience. So I like, I like the tight end room. I'm interested to see how Novell uses all those guys. Yeah, it really feels like the tight end room is kind of flying under the radar a little bit. You know, everyone sees Cam McDonald, but then they kind of look at the guys after that list and like, oh, you know, that's not really an impressive group of guys. But like you said, Nate, I kind of, I feel the opposite. I think Jordan Wilson is going to come back from that Achilles injury and be really – he's going to really contribute for Florida State on that, if, on that offense. Like you said, probably more of a rock uh, blocking role. And then after that, I mean, it's just whoever steps up. We saw some flashes from Rector last year. Daniel had some flashes. We'll see if Jackson Jackson West can get in that mix. In that mix, there's just a ton of different guys in that room, and you know there's going to be a lot of competition in the fall. Yeah, I know people are commenting about Jordan Wilson. It was all over our Instagram about how gigantic Jordan Wilson <laughs> looks, and I think it's absolutely <laughs> accurate. Been been around him a few times in person. That is a big boy, along with Jermaine Johnson. But th- this is huge, and for him to be fully back healthy after his injury and be good to go for this fall camp. It's going to be fun to watch. We didn't get to see him in the spring. It's going to be really fun to watch this fall camp and cover that because I'm interested to see if he makes a few surprises more than maybe just in the running game uh, and you know, moving to a pass threat. We'll mm-hmm. see. i just interested to see how quick he is. That's what I really want to know. You know, How healthy is he? Yeah, I mean, he looks like a defensive end that's decided to play tight end and just kill people. I got yeah, it's a size. It's a, it's a bigger size. I would say about a same size, maybe a little bit more bulkier than Kellen Benjamin was whenever he came to FSU. They've got him listed at six foot four, two hundred and sixty-two pounds. Yeah, it's the biggest you. tight end. Well, when's the last Marcus time? Douglas. When's the last time Florida State's had a big tight end like that? Kasparowski. That's literally what I was going to say. But they're yeah. different players. That yeah. size. Because Kaz was more of a receiver. That size is nuts. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to watch. But I think that whole room, you got Kobe Gross too, who, you know, is absolutely is kind of maybe mate. You know, that's a guy that has a chip on his shoulder heading into the season. And mm-hmm. I'm interested to see, you know, if he can work in there and get some PT or run into that rotation this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. That's another big boy. So I, I like the way this, I like these look like tight ends. I'll be honest. These the last couple of years, FSU just doesn't feel like they're actual tight end. These are some tight ends. These are some big, mean, and I was going to say ugly, but I don't want to get clipped on that. <laughs> you got to wait for the offensive line for that. Yeah, we'll move on to the offensive line. Nate loves ugly offensive linemen. Usually means mm-hmm. a good thing. They're nasty up front. But, you know, Florida State, we talked about it in our concerns going into the season. Is it a major concern for some of these guys? You've got Dylan Gibbons who, you know, transferred – from Notre Dame to Florida State, he's going to have his first game against his former team. You've also got, you know, Darius Washington. You got Marie Smith, who you know kind of surprised us a little bit at center last year. 
Um, and then you probably your biggest guy, you know, you're looking forward to seeing this upcoming season on that line is Devonte love Taylor gentlemen. How are we feeling about this? O line going into fall camp, man, a lot better than the last couple of years. It's just been, it's been a revelation to just see how, uh, Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins have really turned this room, turned this room almost, I don't want to say completely around, but they've done a good job of starting to turn around and it's just going to build once they get this 2022 class in there and excited to see the next couple steps that they start to take during the season. Just so for you guys, um, I guess the easiest way to say this, just who's your starting five left to right. So I have left tackle and Robert Scott. So, you know, I, I actually like drew this out. Like, so Florida State's got, 15 offensive linemen that couldn't contribute this season. You know, we put a, you put a star next to Schrader, how he comes back from the injury. But I got Scott as your left tackle. I got Lucas starting at guard. I got Smith at, at center. I got Gibbons at right guard. And I got Love Taylor at right tackle. I think that's your best five that you get on the field. And then I have the, the rotation as backup second team would be I got Taylor at left tackle. I got Baby and Johnson that can play any three of the interior spots. Um, you know, they really don't have a third string center. You know, you look at Estes maybe. Um, and then I, I have Zane Herring as, as a guy that I have him slated as, as a backup guard. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I would not be surprised to see a guy like Willis or pass up a Darius Washington um, mm -hmm. just because of, of – I think you look at Willis as your left tackle, and I think Washington will slide over to right. But I wouldn't be surprised if or by the halfway point of the season has passed you know, those guys that have been sitting on that bench for a while, the Ira Henrys and all the, the Jalen Grosses and all those kind of guys. Mm -hmm. But you, yeah, need, can... you need 10 or 12 guys really to get through a season. Mm -hmm. How do you, what do you think yours is? Do you feel about the same as Nate and Green with him? Yeah, I've got four of the five guys that Nate has, but mine are a little switched up. So mine, uh, left to right, I've got Devontae Love-Taylor at left tackle. I've got um, Babyon Johnson beating out Dante Lucas at left guard currently. Maurice um, Smith at center. Dylan Gibbons at right guard. And then Robert Scott at right tackle. And I think the big thing for Florida State, I mean, you've got nine – what is it? If I have everything written down here right, you've got nine different guys on this roster now that have started at least one game at the college level. So, mm -hmm. you know, think back to two years ago where this room did not really have any experience at all to what they've progressed to now. It's been some good steps to see. I was going to ask you, who do you think is going to make the biggest jump on this offensive line and progressing? I think mm, I wanted to. Probably well, Smith, be right? starting. Yeah, I would say Marie Smith or, or Robert Scott. Yeah, Smith yeah. the freshman who, who showed flashes. Now mm -hmm. they get a full offseason, full weight training programs. It, yeah. They really book up their strength. They already showed the flashes. You know, I, I think they take that big, big yeah, step I, forward. I think, I think Scott solidified himself as a left tackle for the team last year. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I – I can see the interest of putting Love Taylor at left tackle. I think Scott solidified his spot. Um, so the reason – sorry to interrupt you, but the reason I right. hesitate at moving uh, 
Scott over to the left side is just when we were there to watch her in the spring game and during the spring scrimmages, they always they always had him playing right tackle and uh, Darius mm-hmm. Washington playing left tackle. So that's why I was kind of assuming yeah. whenever Love Taylor comes back, they would just slot him in right there. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if either they way kept Washington though. a left tackle and they move Love Taylor to left guard. Like that, yeah. I, that wouldn't surprise me at all if that's something they did if they decide Lucas or Johnson isn't it? Which you know, I, I, I think we're in agreement who the, who the top five or six are. Yeah, um, but they need. You know, Zane Herring was getting some run until he got hurt. The Schrader could come back and, and contribute. Um, I, I think they like the progress that Willis has made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they can get a solid 10-12 and, and be average this year, you know, we're, we're talking about major leaps from two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. I was going to say, overall, I'm just – really excited about what coach he's got a big job ahead from this fall camp i don't think it should be extremely too hard for him but he does have a big job on figuring out who's going to fit where best but looking back at last year and the progression there was really nice to see and you know you got a quarterback with mckenzie milton that can throw and you know if you're gonna you know comment here from um Zavian, you know or not Zavian, but looking at majamo he's saying you know as long as they give mckenzie milton Mm -hmm time to throw that's that's practically all they that's need and, the I thought, thing, and i yep. thought and i thought last year they did a pretty good job there was definitely progression there but you know it was just the quarterback's fault i'm not maybe making the reads on mm-hmm. time the wide receiver wasn't open blah 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 you know jordan travis kind of would get out of the pocket quicker than maybe he should have but you know it's, and, it's a line play uh, one thing we didn't mention either is that you can kick gibbons out to tackle too you know mm-hmm. so yeah. you know do you put gibbons at right tackle and slide Keller to go back in the guard, which is his mm-hmm. more natural position, you know. I, so, you know, I, I'm interested in see how how they figure it out. But you know, I do think that, you know, you're you're you have four starters for sure, pretty much penciled in, in the you know the battle between Lucas and Johnson, um, for that other guard spot. I think is 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 the battle for the fifth starting spot. Mm-hmm. So I think that practically wraps up our full offensive fall camp uh, position breakdown. Real, real unless, quick, you any know, last comments? Any kind of storylines are looking forward to? How, how, how would you, if you were to give this offense a grade, A, B, C, D, you know, F, you know, how, how would, where would you put this offense? I would probably have them in the, probably like the B minus to B plus grade. I was I was thinking C plus to be minus. There's a ton of talent. Like we, we've been yeah. talking about a ton of talent, just not a lot of production. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they end up being a solid offense by the end of the year. But until we see it, like until we see either you know Milton back bounce back from his knee or Travis show improved accuracy and arm strength, then there we got to see. Right now, I'll I'll say yep. C plus, but there's yep. a ton of talent. There, there's definitely room to grow. Yeah, I, I got. The quarterback room is a B. I, I got running back as B. Uh, I put wide receiver as C plus because I, I just think there's some production question marks there. I've tied in at B. And offensive line I have as 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 a C for so if that offensive line can be average, you know, we're we're, we're cooking with grease for Florida State, you know. You know, <laughs> you know so, things are changing. No, I mean I, I just think that they have they have some some able bodies down they have a great damn coach so you know i i think as long as 
as long as they're average, I, I, I think we're going to see this team at, at least put up some some quality points. So, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, if I'm overall offense versus defense, I'm putting going into our preview next week. I've got defense at a C minus end of the season, and that's very nice saying it. I thought there was a lot of things, a lot of big problems, but I also think. Going last into year? this new season, yeah, yeah I mean, year, like D, year, D, last, year D, yeah, last year was a D, yeah, last year, no, last year was a D, yeah, I mean, that atrocious, yeah. Let, well, you can call you it give it an F. That was an F. That's the worst defense yeah. in Florida State history. It was Dukey. Yeah, it was Dukey. Yeah, you know, we're not talking about talent wise. There's a lot of talent on that defense. Just, it was just not. It, they did not gel. That was mm-hmm. the worst defense of my. Of my lifetime, you know, you're in front of my age, but that's that's 42 years of Florida State football. It's far and away the worst defense I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Take the field at Florida State. On the bright side, I will say the coaching staff, from what we've seen, they've done a, a very good job of addressing how poor that defense played a year mm-hmm. ago. They brought in a lot of additions on the transfer market and Absolutely. in that Drive 21 class to hopefully. Um, I guess re I don't I was gonna say reload, but what are what are they reloading? Um rebuild that defense and especially on the defensive line, which that's the unit I would say I'm the most excited to talk about next week. There's gonna be a ton of new guys at defensive end. Yeah, no, the defense is gonna be fun to talk about. So we'll be doing that next week when we do the breakdown of every position and including special teams. This is a quick question before we move on to basketball with Austin. He asks here, do you think the NIL experiment will have a positive effect on the play on the field. It's going to get you better talent, you know, once you figure out how to circumvent the system, which it seems mm-hmm. like Alabama already has or starting quarterback that's played zero meaningful minutes is earning seven figures. You know, Ohio State's figured out how to get their future quarterback enrolling early so he can earn seven figures in that. So it's going to – once you figure it out and understand how it works, this is called what it is. Once you figure out how it works, so you don't have to pay your own tuition, how you can circumvent the system um, and and make that make those big dollars. It's going to get you better players. You're a fool if you think that these uh, that these coaches at these schools aren't going to try to figure out how to go around the system in, in order to maximize your earnings. Let's jump into some basketball here to uh, finish off the pod. Tomorrow is the NBA draft. It's going to be fun to watch and see where Scotty Barnes is going. This is now going to become a yearly thing, it feels like now, for us uh, covering FSU. But, you know, we're going to find out if Scotty Barnes is going top five. I don't know. Austin, lead us into that discussion. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I don't want to spoil things, but he's going fifth to the Magic. Unless something crazy happens. Um, oh, I, I, no. I talked about, I, I've already put it, I've already dropped my massive NBA draft mega thread for chiefs in the discord. Did you really? I didn't see that. Uh-uh. Put it in at three o'clock. I, I put in everything I've heard draft wise and I'll put it for regular discord members or for Patreon members at midnight. Um, just based on what I've been hearing, you know, unless a team like there's a couple teams that I'm watching that are going to trade up or at least trying to trade up, um, Golden State, who has 7 of 14. Memphis, who just traded up to 10. And then New Orleans, who just traded back to 17. Um, I, know, I know New Orleans love Scotty Barnes. 
I don't think the fit's great if he was to go there because you're putting him with Zion, who can't shoot, and Brandon Ingram, who's not a great three-point shooter either. But they, they really like themselves on Scotty Barnes. But he, he's going fifth to Orlando. At worst case, he's going sixth to OKC, but I do not see him falling past five. The Magic love the idea of having of keeping a guy in state. You know, he played high school, started in Fort Lauderdale, moved to Montverde Academy, played college at Florida State. They, they like the idea of keeping him in state. That sucks for him. It does. It, I don't it's love a bad fit. fit. It's a terrible fit. I don't love it. But wow. the Magic have done a lot, a lot of homework on him. They've they've built some new artificial intelligence thing. <laughs> um, yeah, they're they're all over Scotty Barnes on this one. I could see a team like Cleveland trading back maybe and taking him. That's a player that would fit them really well. Um, but everything I've heard, he, it's going Orlando's way. Mm, everything damn. else, I will leave for Discord members. The rest of it is in the Discord. Are we predicting to go? Are we planning to go live on here? Or are we just doing a Discord back cave for that coverage? Uh, our- I don't know. I, I think maybe just stick to back cave. Yeah. Um, might, might be a little bit easier. Might be a little bit more chill. Yeah, it might not be. Able say, to... Not saying this isn't, but <laughs> damn, all of our viewers on here. Yeah, no, but I'm more. just trying to think. What do you, you know, going into last year about Patrick Williams? How confident do you feel in your predictions about Pat compared to Scotty Barnes, though? Pat, I was I feel like last year. Pat. Yeah, I, I, I put it in the. I, I refreshed people in the Discord. I was saying keep an eye on Chicago but more for a trade back. I was hearing a lot of Chicago talk, but I thought, I don't think they'd take him at four. I knew worst case he was going to Detroit at seven because he had a guarantee from Detroit. He had a guarantee from Detroit for two months. Um, but, you know, come draft to Chicago, they feel like they didn't have a choice. They had to take Pat at four and it turned out all right for them. You know, he had a pretty solid rookie season, all rookie second team, um, USA select team. That's really all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. As a Bulls fan, I love the pick. He's he's done really well. He fits that yeah. culture really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Billy Donovan's gonna really turn him into a good, really good player. So right now it looks like Florida State, obviously Scotty Barnes is gonna get selected, but it looks like probably only one more player as of this time is gonna be drafted, and that's Raquan Gray. So my question for you, Austin, what can my Celtics do to get him in the green and white at pick number forty five? <laughs> Stay at 45 and pick him. I, I, oh, I, no. I'm pretty sure he'll be on the board at 45. You know, there, there was, he spent a lot of time in San Antonio, um, not only training, but working out with the Spurs, working out with Devin Vassell, who's obviously a member of the Spurs. Um, the, the talks have kind of slowed down a little bit. I, I mentioned it in, in my mega thread today. Um, the talks have slowed down a little bit on Turk. I, I still think he gets drafted, but where I, I'm not too sure. We talked about it last week. You know, watch out for New Orleans, Boston, San Antonio. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I still think he gets drafted, but where I, I'm not as sure. Man, I'm telling you, guys got to get into the uh, the Discord. You know, that's now that now they got a new feature on here where we can start actual threads too and jump over to actual additional things. So, got to get in the Discord. I guess that's where we're going to be running everything. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Null Game Day tomorrow. On that, it's gonna be fun to watch. I'll be in there listening in, and maybe Delu will make an appearance too. I'm planning to be there. Awesome, should be fun. Uh, before we um, end off the podcast this week, I kind of I want to mention someone that you know was very big on FSU Twitter 
uh, a kind person. I was actually able to be around him a little bit, but Austin can speak more. Uh, but there was a passing of a big FSU fan named Jason, um, or most people know him as J Mac. Um, and you know, there was, news came out yesterday that he passed. Absolutely wrecked all of Florida State Twitter. You know, it really is a family. You know, there's some bickering back and forth here and there, but that's just how a family does. It's just how it is. But uh, it, it really hit the Florida State fan base hard. All of us on here knew him on Twitter. I've actually been able to be around him a few times. Didn't really get to, you know, get as close as Austin was, like he'll talk about here. But uh, such a great guy. And, you know, Madison Social is doing a great thing right now if you go to their website. Um, they're raising money to put a brick, uh, a very nice brick near a uh, Doe Campbell stadium for him. And, you know, the fan base has done a great job of bringing in some money and funding that. But it just goes to show, you know, how, how big, uh, you know, of, of a person he was for this, this fan base and, and was really close with a lot of FSU Twitter. So Austin, if you wanted to speak a little bit more about him, cause I know you were close. Yeah. Last I checked the mad. So page, I think they said 250 people had donated. And it was at 6,200, which is phenomenal. It really just shows you how much he meant to a lot of people. You, you are going to find very few better people than, than J-Mac. Jason was the sweetest guy, so nice. You know, he, he was a big brother to me. I lived with him my senior year of college in Tallahassee. Just phenomenal guy, always checking up on me. Hey, man, how you doing? Things going all right? Even after I moved up here to Charlotte, still checking on me constantly just just such a great guy and you saw it in the reaction yesterday you know i was at work and just happened to check twitter just because it's slow and it was right as freddie stevenson was talking about it and freddie and j mac talked all the time they, they ended up being pretty close and i just i lost it uh, that's not something you want to see any day there, there's never a good time for bad news but he's just such a great guy such such a great guy and the world's a worse place without him He's just one of those guys that meant a lot to a lot of people. You know, when I first got to Tallahassee, we were going to trivia nights at Mad So and and halftime pub for the people you, for the people that remember that place. Mm-hmm. Just, just such a great guy. There, there's, I can't say anything that nobody hasn't said already. Um, it, it's brought a lot of people closer together as well. You know, we last night a lot of us got on a Zoom call. I think it was 15, 20 of us just shared stories. It was good to catch up. Good to good to see some faces again that I haven't seen in you know two or three years since I left Tallahassee. Um, I really pray for his mom. You know, he Jason had just lost his brother less than a year ago. Um, lost his dad almost nine years ago to the day. It, I, I feel mm-hmm. so bad so badly for his mom. Um, mm-hmm. But I, and Madso's doing a good thing. You know, I'm sure it's even more because they haven't updated it for most of the day and uh yeah just prayers out for the whole mcdowell family he also did, he also did a podcast for those that listen Unco- unconquered era podcast i hopped over there a few times last season mm-hmm. talk basketball just great people uh, we're really gonna miss him a lot absolutely and i'm sure there will be a get together for the notre dame game some kind of tailgate um appreciating him you know i just Hated it. It's just not been a great month overall, you know, for FSU fans. It's just not not been great. And no, no, I've been around. I was around him a little bit, but I know Nate, you too, a little bit. Had a few tailgates mm-hmm. that you attended. Yeah, a couple times. You know, 
I, I don't know him as intimately as you know Austin did, I, you know, but you know, just a genuine dude, man. You know, w- w- was you can tell he enjoyed life. So, you know, I I I, I haven't had a a crown in a while, so you know, I, I super crown it at uh you know Notre Dame. So, but you know, it's good to show, man. Life's short, y'all. You know, it it really is, man. You know, you you guys are, you know mock my age and, and talk about that a lot but you know it, it's life is very fast and it's very short you know you, know, you, you got to cherish the time you have and it's important to to make time to talk to the people that you you value so you know whether it's a friend or a family member that you haven't spoken to you know time is short so you know reach out talk to those people that that you care about man it's it sucks you know mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, I know, you know, just knowing that it, it sucks for a guy that, you know, a young dude, but you look at like Austin who, who you know, knows him personally, you know, and I, you know, sorry that you're going through that. I mean, it sucks, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I, I really like that. The fact that it looks like that brick's going to be done before the Notre Dame game. So that, that's awesome for him. Absolutely. Yeah, yesterday, yesterday was a rough day. Yep. You know, just crying in the back of the store for half an hour. Got home, I mean, I, more. It was. You know, it, it's I lost tough. a couple friends, man. You know, I had one friend murdered in Atlanta. You know, I had a. Uh, you know, right after high school, one of my friends, you know, went to Florida State. You know, passed away. You know, it, it shit happens, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it puts it's, a lot. It puts a lot of stuff in perspective. Time what, perspective. What's, what's really important. It came so unexpected too, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people know Drew Howe. He was just talking to him, you know, the night before. Not, nothing wrong. Just talking about need to catch up, get some drinks. I'm glad I got to saw him when I went down to the spring game in April. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's a memory I always look back on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a lot of good more good memories with him. First time we tried to get him to play golf in Columbus, Georgia, that was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, it, it was just great at making everyone laugh, and uh, yeah, that's a good thing. Is there's only happy memories with people like that. Mm-hmm. I know. I, whenever being around, it was always smiling and joking around, and always taking shots, which I will always be in attendance for, and I always respect that immediately. Uh, that someone's getting a little, having a little fun before games. I have to do it just like him. So um, our thoughts yeah. and prayers are with his family. Yeah, I, I, I did bend to his peer pressure. Uh, of a shot of crown so you know. <laughs> yeah absolutely yep. Austin, do you know of you know one of his i don't know if you know any of his favorite artists or anybody that he listened to that we can maybe throw at the end of this podcast we can think about it once we jump off of here but we can maybe end off the uh the podcast part of this with the I'd, have, I'd have to scroll through i just know he hates sweet caroline no, <laughs> so we should <laughs> not play that, Sweet no. Caroline. Yeah. We will not play Sweet Caroline. Um, yeah, my question, crazy. Logan. Sorry to interrupt. Um, can you show that Madison social link, maybe, so people watching, if they want to go donate, they can do so. Yeah, absolutely. I can try to find that on here. Um, should be available. Yeah, for, and for anyone on- that. Anyone that does want to donate and but doesn't have the financial means, please reach out to me on Twitter. I will be happy to. I've already put in a decent amount. Um, 
but anyone that wants to donate but just doesn't feel like they can just let me know uh, i'll be happy to yeah there's an update here at least from just eight hours ago so earlier in the day that over 230 people have donated and it has gone up to sixty two hundred dollars for um the brick and also the rest of the 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 um, donations are actually going to be going to the family and the site that you can go to is madisonsocial.com slash jmacfsu. And there you can make your donation. Well, gentlemen, definitely appreciate y'all hopping on here. We'll end up the episode with a song for jmac. And uh, we will see you guys next week uh, for the defensive position breakdown. And we'll be inching closer to fall camp. Appreciate everybody listening. Have a great rest of y'all's week. Go.